Welcome to our PME. This is Saratova. Best Achre, Parshas Achre. So we're a couple of days after Pesach, and uh, where do we go from here? A very powerful Pesach. A lot of important things happening in the world uh, that we'll discuss on a separate recording. The pretty uh, the 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 chips, <laughs> the dominoes are beginning to fall, and that's a good thing. Um, Muhammad Hashem is looked like it wasn't going anywhere, and then Bar Hashem starting Shabbos Agadol Yad Aleph Nissan, especially um, everything started to turn in favor of truth, Hashem, Mashiach, Yidden, Yiddishkeit, and so we're in the middle of a very dynamic process. So Parshas Achrei, now that we've gone through Pesach, Parshas Achrei, of course, we know. What happened on Parshas Achrei? Not a very pleasant thing. And but what Parshas Achrei is all about? And for us, we can say if we're in Achrei, we're Achrei Pesach. We're Achrei Pesach, and Achrei Pesach means we went through this whole process of flattening, of eating matzah, of becoming so transparent in the presence of Hashem that there's no sense of self separating us from Hashem, and and therefore we can be fully powerful as lamplighters in the world. And we're going to see on the recording, I'm making a recording called Elon Musk and Your Wet Matzah. Um, <laughs> what is this all about? Because ultimately we have been created to be a light to the nations, to be lamplighters in the world every single year. And even more than that, even stronger than that. And yet there were times in history where, when we couldn't step into that role because the way things went politically, uh, the way things went, the uh, Yidden were just trying to keep uh, themselves safely in the world and all they begged for was permission to just live their quiet lives. But that's not our tachlis. We weren't created to live our little quiet lives. We were created to be the lamplighters, be the lights of the nation. So, Achrei, what did we find out? What does the Parsha tell us that the Jewish people found out Achrei? They found out that the whole purpose is not to be just ruchni, spiritual, but holiness is um, activated fully when we are in this physical world. And you see that. You see the difference between us and the nations of the world. When they decide, when the nations decide to be religious, let's call it religious, they uh, they have a philosophy that they should separate from the world. You know, you can look into all the religious practices of the nation. They feel like to be religious and to be uh, holy they have to separate from the world. Many of them don't get married, and and they always look at the physical world as some kind of bad place. And while they're doing that, um, we're uh, we're eating locks and bagels. <laughs> I actually do remember, hmm, lots of years ago, decades ago, being at some kind of a gathering where um, somebody was. Uh, talking about being not a not-Jewish person was kind of sitting on the floor 
in the lotus position, his legs crossed straight back, and he, it was some kind of a, I don't know, in the 70s, medical, like, uh, professional psychologist, etc., you know, convention, you know, gathering, and so this one fellow is sitting with his legs crossed in the middle of the floor, straight back, and he's talking about being, um, one with his essence, etc. <laughs> very not Jewish kind of a very not Jewish guy. And then there was this Jewish doctor, and he was kind of like, like, sort of like spread out on the floor, like kind of like, you know, lounging, sitting there. They were all sitting on the floor, and he was kind of like lounging, you know, kind of relaxing. And the Jewish guy said to the non-Jewish guy, what a bunch of nonsense. You're talking about being one with oneness? He said, look at you. And being flowing? He said, the Jewish guy, the Jewish doctor said, you're talking about being flowing? Oh, come on. Look at you. Look at how uptight you are. Look at the way you're sitting. Look at me and look at you. And it's true. It's too. One is lounging around and the other one's sitting, you know, very strict position. Uh, and he said, you're so uptight. Look at the way you're sitting and look at the way I'm sitting. And I thought, that's so Jewish. The Jewish doctor was the one who said, oh, come on. How can you talk about flow? You don't know how to flow. You're so uptight. So it was very funny because the Jewish idea of being one with the flow is more like, you know, you're eating bagels and lox and you're comfortable with it. And for them, it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, let's denounce bagels and let's denounce, denounce lox. Like, that's a terrible, terrible thing for the lowly people and the evil people. And we're like, I don't know. We think bagels and lox is pretty good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what Tarshish Ahre really drove home, you know, 3,300 years, 3,333, over 3,300 years ago when it happened, that holiness is achieved by being in the world, specifically in the world. So here in the Sikh of Achrei Kedashim Yud Gimel Iyar, what are we reading? The Psaq in Halacha is that, well, first of all, we wait for Mashiach every single day. And therefore, there's a halacha that really a person cannot, if the person says, I'm not going to drink wine on the day that Mashiach comes, um, they can't ever drink wine. Because, you know, you could say it could be any day. And therefore, it, and especially since there's talk now of Hinezem Mashiach Ba, So therefore, it's fitting to stop on and explain if we're talking about Geula is coming, Geula is here, we're entering Geula, we're going into Geula, Geula, Geula. If the whole focus is on Geula, then of course the obvious question is, what exactly is this Geula? Because we know that we're trying to reach it. But what is it? So really the content of anything you can see in the name. And so when it comes to Geula, we know that it's one of the four Lashinas. We drink four cups of wine on Pesach, and they correspond to four different expressions of redemption. We we drink a cup of the Haitsesi, the Hitsalti, the Goalti, the Lakakti. And then there's a fifth cup, the Hezesi. So I will take you out, I will 
save you, I will redeem you, and I will take you to me, and then I will bring you to the land. So they all mean get out of Gullus. All these four cups and all of these four expressions of redemption mean get out of Gullus. But and get to the next phase, which is Golish Lema. The question is, why Hashem chose the name Geula? It goes on the third cup, the third Lashem, the Gaalti. Why didn't Hashem call it Vaisethi, the Yesia? Ah, I can't wait for the Yesia. The Tzalti, the Hatzala. Why didn't, why doesn't it say, I'm waiting for the Hatzala? Vilakati, I'm waiting for the Lakicha. But why does Hashem call it the Gaalti, Geula? What's that? And we know, and this is a pretty famous verse, that of course the question is even more <laughs> stronger because um, Gula has all the letters of Gaila. Gaila means all the yucky stuff, all the really awful stuff. So Hashem, as we say every year, you're going to give us a word that means it's all the good stuff finally came. Yemaisa Mashiach finally came. Goodbye, good riddance. Do you have to remind us about the Gullus the way it was? Couldn't we just forget it? It was so awful all through history. Once we'll be in Gula, can't we just forget all the bad memories? Do we have to bring up the trauma again? And it seems like you're forcing us, you're going to force us to kind of bring up the trauma again because when every time we say Gula, we're in Gula now, it's going to remind us of Gaila. All the trauma. So, and it's the exact opposite. And of course, we know, and this is a famous part, there is one difference between Gaila and Gaula, and that's the Aleph. And it's a very powerful part, meaning, where are you going, what are you going to build, the, you're going to build the Gaula Shlema. It's not just falling from heaven. You're going to build it with your own hands. And you have been building it. It's called Masenu Vavadizenu. Uh, our avayda throughout Gullus. We we are we are building it. So we we are building it. It's not just going to drop from heaven. We are building it. So as we're building this geula, where are we going to build? What are the materials we're going to use? You know, two by fours. Uh, one by fours, one by twos, two by sixes. What building materials are you going to use to build this gula? Guess what? You're going to take all the stuff of gullus, and with that stuff, you're going to build the gula. Hmm. Well, the stuff of gullus didn't really get us very far until now, so how will we be able to do that? Ah, so two things. Um, Mashiach is going to work with you. That changes everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, uh, two people decide to go to, um, on a trip to, I don't know what, around the world. Now, one has a lot of money. And um, the other one doesn't. So, the one who didn't have money says, oh my goodness, it was... You know, it was really stressful. It was a whole a stressful year. I never knew from minute to minute if I'm going to have a meal. Um, I didn't know where I was going to sleep. Sometimes I had to sleep on the cold ground, and and 
it was, it was, there were a lot of, there were, it was a very stressful year. And, and I didn't know how I was going to get from place to place. I had to kind of beg people for rides and et cetera. And the other one said, I don't know. I feel, and they said, so what's you, what is your opinion about traveling around the world? Well, it's interesting, but it's very, very stressful. And there are times when it's very scary. The other person says, yeah, I don't find it stressful at all. Really? Yeah, I didn't find it stressful at all. Yeah, there was always food. I always knew how to get from place to place, et cetera. He said, oh, how did you go? He said, oh, I, 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 uh, I spent $50,000 and it was, a." <laughs> it was a tour of the world, you know, on a ship and a plane and a this and luxury five star. He said, oh, okay, hello. That's all the difference. If you, if you're doing it the deluxe way with all the money in the world, it's a totally different kind of. So, you know, I could also have a stress free time if I spent $50,000 doing this. So, what we're saying is, to take all the stuff of Gullus and build it into a gula, I wouldn't know how. Ah, but if you have Mashiach working with you, taking you through it step by step, because remember, it's called Nochemus Hashem, that's a whole different thing. So, and what does, that's the tool. You're with Mashiach doing it. Number one and number two, what is Mashiach enabling you to inject into that whole plan? Excuse me, Mashiach is injecting into that plan a consciousness of Alufa Shalailam. That Hashem is in every part. When I'm taking all the raw materials of Gullus with Hashem visible in them, that's a whole different thing. Of course I can build that into Geula. It was always created to be turned into Geula with the consciousness of Hashem. So, um, that explains the idea of Gaila plus Aleph equals Geula. Okay. So the Shlemus of Geula is, what is it telling us? That consciousness of Hashem. And this all comes Achre. After we, after we go through a whole experience where we think, maybe I should just disconnect myself from the world and from Gullus. Just leave it all behind. It's a bad memory. Forget about it. And yet Achre says, no, no, no. Afterwards, you don't throw it all away. On the contrary, you run right into the center of it, to the physical world and the world of Gullus, and you embrace the godliness that's always been embedded there that you didn't know how to extract, or you were only given the ability to extract it and bring it to a certain level close to the surface, but not at the surface. And then a time comes in history in which Mashiach guides you step by step and probably he does most of the work himself, but he takes you step by step through a process in which you can extract the almost visible godliness, you can reveal the almost visible godliness right there on the surface. That's the whole point. So nothing becomes left behind in Gullus. Everything becomes redeemed. The Gaula becomes a true Gaula, becomes an ethos in quantity and quality from all things from the Klal Gadol until down to the smallest detail. Every, every Jew, all of the Yidin, 
the Banim Bidnesnei, his sons, daughters, old, young, and their piece of the world, their backyard, their front porch, their living room, their kitchen, their kitchen counter, their milk of sink, all of it, and all of the gold and silver that we have, and everything that we've achieved, it all goes with us from Gullah to Geula. The Geula will release every single person and all people, including the nations, and everything in the world in every detail. So that means that all positive things in Gullah remain. But the Gullah's reality, the Gullah's identity of those things is gone. The thing itself, the physical world itself remains without the Gullah's part in it. The concealment that covers over its true Pneumistic Matthias, that concealment is gone. That's what it means, Gaila turning into Geula. And the enslavement to the ways of nature and to the Gashmis of the world that comes out of that, that one's gone. Now that's what we just finished dealing with. Pesach. Enslavement to the laws of nature and to the physical world. Enslavement. It's not that the physical world is bad. Not at all. In physical world, you see that people sort of got it wrong all these years. They said the physical world is bad. We have to stay, we have to stay away from the physical world. It's not that the physical world is not good. It's Slavery is not good. The issue is not, oh, gosh, this is bad. Just focus on Rukhmit. That's not the case. That's not a Jewish idea. That's a non-Jewish idea, but it's not a Jewish idea. So what is it that's bad? Not physicality, not the physical world. Slavery is bad. Any kind of slavery. That's what's bad. So when we were slaves and when we are slaves to the laws of nature, that's the bad part. That's what we need to move out of. And that was always our advice. I mean, and we even Taro was telling us that. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to enslave you. They're like, oh, no. He said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to enslave you. He said, but kind of like, you could say, his mazel was telling us, you guys, I'm going to give you a very tangible experience of what slavery looks like and feels like. And you're really going to feel it. You're not going to have to read about it on the Wikipedia. You're going to feel it for a couple of hundred years. And when you feel it, now you'll know what slavery is. And why should you know what slavery is? To know that it's not for you. A Jew and slavery are an enslavement are not a shidduch. They're not a good combination. You guys shouldn't be here. I mean, on, of course, Tyra was saying, you are slaves to me and you need to be here. But on a deeper level, clearly his mazel was saying, and Hashem sent him to say that, so that we should realize what not to be and where not to be. Where don't we belong? We do not belong in, in, Melechim, in, in Eretz Mitzrayim. How would you know that? Try it out and see how it fits. Yeah, it didn't feel very good. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's not for you. Okay, can we get out of here? Yeah. How, when will we get out of here? Every single day. You did it once, and now you have to do it every single day for the rest of your life. 
and every single minute. Leave behind slavery. You are not slaves. If there's anybody, you know when it says free the slaves, they didn't mean BLM. They meant you. They meant a yid is, is synonymous with uh, freedom. A yid, when you see a yid, you say, oh, there's a walking example of freedom. And so it's kind of funny that um, the power could try to enslave us when we are the exemplification of freedom. And he did a pretty good job for a couple of hundred years, but that he was probably only able to do that because it was before Martin Tyrus. I guess he wouldn't have been able to do it after Martin Tyrus because we are essentially free people. So slavery, you know, again, when they're saying free the slaves, BLM, uh, what do you think BLM is all about? They're saying no more slaves. That's right. No more slaves. Nobody. And who's supposed to? Okay, so if we're not going to be slaves, what should we be? Well, what's the opposite of slaves? Free people. Uh, What is it like to live as free people? Well, ask the Jews. They are the exemplification of free people. They can't ever be enslaved. Well, what what would they be enslaved to? Eretz Mitzrayim, the land of the limitations of nature. We were created not to be enslaved by the limitations of, of nature. So we are the ones who have to teach the world what that looks like and what that feels like and how to enable the world through Shevimitsis to step into their full power as free people. They can also be free people on some level. And the only way to do it is by being servants, not slaves, servants to Hashem. The more we are servants to Hashem, the freer we become. The less we're servants to Hashem, the more enslaved we are. Goes in inverse proportion. So the enslavement to the gashness of the world and to the laws of nature, that's the whole issue. So um, what is changing from Gullus to Geula? In Geula, we're finally done with even the possibility of ever being enslaved to the ways of nature. And the Rambam says, The Rambam says, don't think, don't bring to your heart that in Yemaisa Mashiach, the, the ways of the world will stop, or there will be a Chiddush in Mashiach, at least not in the first phase of Gula. Then what will be? Eilam Kamin Haganayeh. It will be a regular world, at least in the first phase of Yemaisa Mashiach. So Chaman said, um, The only difference in the first phase of Yemaisa Mashiach is no enslavement to Shibud Malchus, no more enslavement to the nations of the world. That uh, us being, you know, they no longer can have political uh, control over us. Now, isn't that interesting? We're now in a phase in history where um, Shibud Malchus, where in a sense, what are we experiencing? A resurgence of Shibud Malchus. Only of Shibud Malchus meaning the governments tell you what to do. The nations of the world tell you what to do and they control you and you don't have any freedom. So once upon our, our issue was that, that they, they were trying to enslave us. The new issue is it's not about us anymore. They're trying to enslave everybody. What we dealt with all through history 
now became an issue we're going back to. So um, we uh, had a little break here. So um, this idea of, of enslavement was our always our issue. They tried to enslave us and control us and tell us, you will do it our way. That was what we lived in Mitzrayim. Isn't it interesting? And the, the, the nations of the world always felt like, we will tell you Jews what to do, where you can live, when you can live, how you can live. We will tell you what to do. And we're always begging, please, let us just leave, live quietly and keep our missus. They say, no, just let it, leave us alone. We won't talk to you. We won't anything. Just leave us alone to quietly live a, a life of terror. No, off with your head. This was always our issue. The issue is, is finished. Now they got the issue. You know, they got the virus. They got the disease, basically. Which is every single person in the world is now being told by the, the government, we will tell you what to do, when, where. You have to stay home, stay in the house, don't stay in the house. Now you can go out, you can open your business, you can't open your business, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You can go here, you can't go there, you can go across the border, you can't go across the border. This was always a Jewish problem. It was terrifying how much they controlled our lives. And it felt, if, and somebody who didn't, didn't feel Hashem's presence, God forbid, could feel like we had no control. They tell us when, what, where, what, what you can eat, when you can eat. Now we're done. And they got the disease. They're being told, if you can cross the border, if you can't cross the border. If you can go on a plane, you can't go on a plane. If your two-year-old it cries and doesn't want to get wear a mask on the plane, they throw you off the plane. If you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Your business, sorry, your business has to be closed for a year because it's not a jewelry business. It's not an essential business. Too bad for you. We run the show. So the Shibud Malchias moved to a different level. It moved out from us to the world. Now the world is going to have to think about and deal with and has been dealing with in a very real way. There's no difference in between now and between As we go from Galus to Geula, the, the guy in the nations of the world could have said, I know that Maimonides says there's no difference between now and Mashiach times. We, we're reading that. And the only difference is Shibud Malchus. And they would probably scratch their heads and say, what in the world is Shibud Malchus? Well, now we can say, you know the thing you've been um, experiencing for the past two years since Purim, um, Tafshin Pei, 2020, you know, since March 2020, they say, Oh, my goodness, yeah, no freedom. They tell us what, when, where, how. Uh, mandate, and you can't fight the mandate, or they put you in jail. That's called Shibud Malchias, honey bunch. All of a sudden, the words Shibud Malchias become real and powerful for the nations of the world. Words that for them, they had no idea that oh, those Jews had some kind of an issue. It's their issue now. And so it's very interesting that in the interface from Gullus to Geula, what is the one thing that happens that never happened before? Shivan Malkia. Enslavement to the, the kings of the world. Big tech, 
Silicon Valley, Big Pharma, Washington, globalists, the rich guys, Hollywood. Really fascinating. Sheba Malchus becomes the most, if you would ask a, a person on the street now, uh, and you would explain to him in English what Shibud Malchus means, enslavement to the big guys at the top, you say, what do you feel on a non-personal level, on a global level, is the biggest problem in the world today? They would all say without a blinking, uh, control, mandate, um, control of the big guys. And control, and she would mouth his control of the, the, the kings, the, the leaders, the bad leaders. They aren't the good leaders. You understand the difference is between Gullus and Gaula. In Gullus, the bad guys feel that they're the leaders because they have so much money or, or other reasons. And they try to control you. In Yemais Mashiach, the ultimate, Melech Mashiach himself, will have a level of control that it will be uh, of, from pure holiness. Hashem, Melech Malchem Lachem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, will have full control over us, but in a way of um, us wanting that. And us feeling like that is where our true freedom lies. So the Klippa Dick version of Sheba Malchus is um, the bad guys control us, and it's from total corruption. Real, sh- but the real shibud is servants to Hashem, with Melech Mashiach leading us forever on that path, higher and higher and higher, to be to serve Hashem, because so that Eved Melech Melech, the servant of a king himself, becomes a king. With Sheba Malchus from the corrupt bad guys, you don't become a king. You cannot say, sorry, how do you know which one is true servitude and which one is servitude, false servitude to corruption? Ask yourself like this. Are they making us into greater leaders, true leaders? Are they giving us true leadership? So when you look at the bad guys, with all their mandates, you ask yourself, is their intent to give us more leadership? Oh, no. They very openly say, by the year 2030, you will own nothing, have nothing, and you will be happy. We will decide everything for you you in your life. Whatever we want, whenever we want. You will have no mechanism of control over your life in any part of your life. Food, family, relationships, gender, education. Travel, business, Parnassa, rent, house, anything. That is their plan. And they're very comfortable with it. And we, the few guys at the top, backed up by um, big tech and big pharma, will make sure you stay, you remain our slaves. We will be Paro plus. We will outdo Paro a million times over. You will have no power. You will be slaves to us, and we will just tell you what to do. And 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 in their mind, you'll be happy. You'll say, oh, good, I don't have to think about anything. I just do what Bill Gates tells me to do, or Fauci tells me to do. Great. 
that does not give us more power. When Melech HaMashiach will tell us the word of Hashem, what Hashem wants us to do, that kind of servitude makes us into great leaders. Deeper and higher level of leadership every single day. In Yemaisa Mashiach, the Yidin will be great, great Chachamim and great, great leaders, a light to the nation. Why? Melech HaMashiach will, through, through the process of servitude to Hashem, become so fully integrated with Hashem that we will be expressing Hashem's, Hashem's leadership through our own lives. That's an infinite difference. Fake slavery that corrupts slavery and true servitude, which is true freedom. So under, with Mashiach, we become not only free, servants of Hashem, deeply, deep, deeply deep servants of Hashem, and powerful leaders, every day more and more and more and more powerful. So, as it says, and everyone will come, will go back to the knowledge of truth. And Mashiach will fix the world to serve Hashem together. Together. I heard an amazing part from um, Rabbi Fira. He said, if you look at people fighting the corruption, and the mandate. You see the simple balagalas, the, the truck drivers in Canada. They had a very big effect. Not only in Canada, in the man, on the mandate. The whole world followed their example. Said, how did they have such kaya? Said they had achdus. They, 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 they worked together. They worked together. They had achdus. The truckers in Canada had achdus. Said the pilots throughout the world. On the other hand, many even said, "I will give into the mandate. I won't give into the mandate." And they kind of acted more like each on his own. You know, I have to save my own, my own, my own job, my own health. I have to think about me myself. Said they could have banded together and said, "That's the end of this industry. If you impose mandates that are not healthy for us, that's the end of this industry." But they didn't band together. And they didn't achieve much, whereas the truckers achieved huge amounts because of the actus. So this is what Rabbi Shirek said. So Mashiach will fix the whole world, that they should all serve Hashem together, together. Because, says Hashem, I will transform all the nations to one clear language. And what will they do with that one clear language? Likra kulam b'shem Hashem. To call it, everybody to call it together in the name of Hashem. And not only that, and to serve you know, with one language. That after. So, let's just finish off this point and we'll continue tomorrow. So therefore we understand why the word geula includes all the letters of geula but with an added Aleph. Because the Geula does not get rid of the Avaita of Gullus. Other of the Geula is 
about taking all of those and lifting it up to its true potential. Releasing all of the locked up parts that are locked into Gullus. Hashem's presence is locked into Gullus. And through this that we reveal in all, all things, the Gaila, uh, in all parts of Gaila, of Gala, we reveal the Aleph Aluf Shalaylam. What are, what we're doing, we take off the concealment in all things of Gullus that cover over its true Matthias. All the things of Gullus that cover its true Matthias and its true purpose, we release all of that. The whole purpose of all things in Gullus for which they were created. There's a covering that's been on all of them. There's a co- there has been a covering over the godliness of the world. That gets released. Lift the cover. The true godly potential in all the darkness, Rahman Islam, all the darkness. The cover is taken off. And everything pops up and rises to the surface. Truth, emes me'eretitma. The truth sprouts up from the earth. So Ga'ul is the revelation of the Aleph, Alufa Island, master of the universe, in Gaila, in the dark part. The revelation of truth and penimius of all things of Gaulus. And all pa'ulas, all things at the time of Gaulus. Everything becomes revealed, uncovered, released. The revelation of godliness in all things of the world. As it is, as, as all things in the world reveal the covet of Hashem, the glory of Hashem. Because kol everything that Hashem created in the world, He only created for His glory, meaning for holiness, for gula. And all of that was created that way, and it becomes released through our avaita, and it becomes released through the avaita of Melech Hamashiach, who guides us skillfully and powerfully in that direction. So to end off, so this is the energy of, of Akhre. Akhre is realizing through difficult Gullah situations that holiness is here in the world. We as Yidden, we do not separate from the world. On the contrary, this is the living laboratory. We eat bagels and locks. They they don't marry and they don't eat and they don't drink and they sit in the lowest position and they and all these other stuff and they sit on top of a mountain. We bagel the locks. We're sitting there. We eat masa. And after we finish the whole masa part of the Seder and the Kairach and all of that, we have fish and the egg and the salad and the chicken soup and all that stuff. The chicken and the applesauce. I don't know how you can eat the apikaiman after all that. We eat. They stay away from the world. They see it as bad. We know the world is the place where all the goodies of Ga'ula are embedded. So may we find ourselves, Akhri, after, especially after Pesach, bringing ourselves to the point where this is it. We're going into the Gula Mitzvah in this world, in this physical world, and may we find ourselves immediately there now.